LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. G'day, I'm Scott Sanders. I'm Derek Hanna. Welcome to The One Thing, a podcast designed to give you one solid practical tip for gospel-centered ministry every week, and it's New Z. Whoa, all right. What are you doing? Well, I'm in Foster at the moment. Uh, I am with my brother-in-law, my sister, yep. and my kids, and my sister and my other brother-in-law. Yep. And we are on a lake enjoying Foster. Well, thanks for joining us from such a remote distance, Scott. <laughs> Real been, commitment to the it's podcast. It's been a tough day. For those who don't know, we do pre-record some of the shows. This is not live. This is not live. Now, The One Thing is brought to you with thanks to Geneva Push, the Australian Church Planning Network. We're also proud to be part of their Lifeway Leadership Podcast Network. Who knows what they're doing in the States at this time on New Year's Eve. But I'm sure it's got fireworks, crazy stuff, because we live in an Annie state when I do hardly any of these things. Absolutely. If I had my way, wow, we'd both be holding AK-47s <laughs> right now. <laughs> but for now, you've pressed play on episode number 89 of The One Thing, Church Planting 2043. And I'm really pleased to have futurist Derek Hanna with us today. Oh, thank you. are not the first person who's called me that. <laughs> now, last episode, we looked back on the last 10 years, uh, and now we're looking forward to what church planning might look is like that, in the next 30 years. Is that years. what a futurist does, looks forward? They are forward thinking. Okay. Forward thinking. Excellent. So, Derek, unpack it for us. What's on the horizon? What's on the horizon? Well, we it was last episode that we spoke about the last 10 years of uh, church planning, didn't we, and the trends there. So I thought we would just kick around for the end of year this year. Uh, we kick around what is coming up. What's on the horizon? Well, look, I think as we end a, a, what is a tricky age for Australia in terms of how Christians are perceived and uh, I think one of the things that we are seeing is an amazing opportunity for evangelism. Um, People are still searching. You look at all the research, the NCLS data, uh, look at the McCrindle data and while people have issues with the established church, there is an opportunity. People are lost. They are searching for something and secularism has not given it to them. So I think there's huge opportunities for evangelism. People are still searching. So in 20 years time, People are still searching. Secularization, you believe, won't have solved those searching questions? Oh, I, I can guarantee it, 100% guarantee it. Oh, absolutely. I think to 2043, when we hit that point, uh, with the the uh, distance between... Some, some of the problem at the moment I think we're seeing is the church has behaved in such a way that has driven people away from the message the church was both supposed to preach and represent, that is, Christ crucified us reconciled to God in him. And so the, the issues within the church as an institution have pushed people away from hearing the gospel. And I think the further they get away from that message, the more they realize they're not going to find it in other places. And actually, I think the opportunities for Christians who are living godly lives, different lives, countercultural lives, uh, will provide huge opportunities in 25 years for people where the church is, um, the church is an institution and the anger and resentment towards that maybe have faded away, the opportunities for the gospel will still be there and be even more prominent. Yeah, our kids are going to be, I'm just thinking, our kids are going to be, you know, Christian leaders in the church by that stage as well in 25 years. That's, That's the hope. That is the hope, yeah. Scary mm. thought. Uh, <laughs> but they'll be leading differently. Yeah, absolutely leading differently. And I Look, I think even when it comes to planting, which if we're going to drill in on Futures 2043 with planting, I think one of the things which we're seeing, we I think we need to see a trend towards and we're already seeing it, 
and it's just the burgeoning uh, birth of it, at least in Australia, is new planting models, new ways of, um, not new ways of doing church. I don't think that's that's the one I'm pushing out. New ways of actually planting um, throughout continents, countries, uh, places to birth new places of gospel preaching where God's people gather. Uh, look, here's what I mean by that. So I think initially the last 10, 15 years has been pioneer planting. There's been a lot of that. Um, what we're seeing now is churches realize actually they can launch stronger from different models. So I think we're seeing multi-site and we've seen the last kind of 10, 20 so years. So online churches, a number of churches have been you know, doing that with Facebook, uh, setting up websites. Is online church still going to be a thing or are we going to be looking for thicker you know, real a community, not in an online oh, world. You, you've asked the grumpy old man about online oh. church. Maybe you should answer. What do you think no, about online church? No, you're the futurist. You're I'm the futurist. <laughs> uh, look, there. we need to open that front door as wide as we can um, and use any opportunity we can, I think, to preach the gospel. But we cannot substitute Christian, genuine Christian community, what the Bible calls us to, uh, in an online world. We just can't do that. So this is interesting. Like I'm normally the Luddite on our team. So just just to just to let you know, I I don't know a whole bunch of terms that Derek knows about <laughs> computers and stuff, right? And if I got a computer problem, I'll come to Derek and uh, he'll solve it. Um, I'm the one who's not the. But but don't you think our, the next generation is going to be finding a, a whole bunch more of community, you know, online? I mean, it's partly the reason why we haven't let our kids play Minecraft at the moment because I'm concerned that they're getting <laughs> unhelpful community on Minecraft, not helpful community. Uh, so don't you think that in the t- next 20 years, we're actually, we'll have the technology that it will allow us to have better community, you know, in the, in the cloud? In, oh, look, you've just lost me the technical <laughs> term, in the cloud. Um, well, look, there's two different things there, aren't there? Will we have better technology yes. for people to connect in the future? Of course. iPhone 25. Can't Absolutely. wait for it to be released. Absolutely. And you may or may not know. The reason- XXV. That's X- what I'm going to call it. XXV. What's XXV? Well, that's Roman numerals. Oh, really? That's too old for me. That's too old. I look into the future, not the past, Scott. Anyway, will we have technology? Yeah, of course we will. Absolutely. Will that be good for us? No, it absolutely will not. It won't. If that's where we drive and that's the only place we have. Part of it as well is just being, I'm just, this is an old grumpy old man rant as well. But actually, I think you, you push 25 years in the future, and I think this is what people are discovering now, that the online communities that they form, well, of course you can connect with people, and of course at points you can have meaningful context and relationships. There is no substitution for being in someone's lives in an ongoing way, and you cannot you cannot incubate maturity in Call of Duty. You cannot do that. I'm just loving this because this morning I think I've said uh, I've sent Derek two posts from Facebook where he can actually be involved in people's lives because he's not on Facebook. <laughs> and I've actually screenshotted it and, and SMSed it to him just so he can be involved in community. But you just keep you keep thinking that. Well, I'm, I'm actually waiting for you to print it out and put it on my desk. That's what I'm waiting for you to do. <laughs> but, but, it, but you're right. It, it, has, it has shifted. Technology is shifting how our kids are thinking. Yeah. We've got increased anxiety. Uh, we have a loss of community. And, and I think that trend is going to continue, which, again, opens up the opportunity for the local church. Um, you know, to, to press into it and, oh, and to work out how to use it. Absolutely. So where you don't get that anywhere else. And so I think increasingly in the future, if Christians, as you use that word, thick community, Christians are genuinely in each other's lives, genuinely loving each other in 25 years, is 25, 24 years time. 
2043. 20, 20, 23, yeah, well, yeah, 24, 23, yeah, we're almost, well, it's New Year's Eve, Derek. That will be, that will be <laughs> distinctly countercultural, people loving one another, even though they don't look the same, even though they don't think the same, coming together around something which seems bizarre to the world, foolish to the world, yeah. but which has changed them. 2043, we will have different planning models that produce these communities, and we need to explore that, but actually that community itself, that is going to be the thing that's going to be now, distinct. We're going to have a break, we're going to jump into the toolbox, uh, because I do want to press into some of the challenges. Obviously, some of the challenges in 25 years' time are, you know, Derek's going to be older and grumpier. Uh, so we'll press into that in uh, in a little bit. Hard to believe. Uh, but as you know, the one thing is part of the Lifeway Leadership Podcast Network, and this is a good chance just to point you to one of our partner podcasts. Have you listened to the EST podcast or the Established Podcast with Sam Rayner, uh, Micah Fries, and Joss King? Uh, they've done some great stuff on, on some really relevant topics like ageism and church leadership. I don't think they had Derek on it. Oh, so you couldn't <laughs> resist, could you? Couldn't, couldn't, couldn't. couldn't resist. Uh, and leading a multi-generational church. How do you deal with people like Derek in your church? Uh, and former, then, former and current pastor <laughs> friend. Let's just go former friends. I think that would be a good topic to listen to, Scott. So look up S on your favorite podcasting app and subscribe today. Now, Toolbox, I want to do something special here because we are looking forward and we do have a futurist on today. Uh, so uh, I just want you one thing. What's the church going to be doing you know, differently. Like, for example, are we all going to be driving around in, te- you know, Teslas to church or flying cars to church? And so we're not going to, like the car park problem in church has been solved because they're all hovering above the church. Yeah. And and so, you know, Brownfields is no longer a problem with car parking because we can just have these hovered cars all above our church. Oh, you're the futurist. You're really the futurist here, aren't you? I want to see... One of my bugbears is not being able to see the screen, just seeing. So I want to get contact lenses with where you can send the words for the songs that I'm singing to my contact lenses. You don't like that idea, do you? No, no. I just love that you're reflecting on your revitalization church experience and just really struggling with the fact that technology's not working. <laughs> no, no. That's, that's my thing. I want to see that sent to contact glasses. I'd even go with glasses in the future. Um, yeah. What about you? What would you do? Well, I, I, I get the sense that we've got more wearables, you know, so we've got more wearable technology. Mm. So, so I actually think sort of accountability and, uh, you know, accountability is going to be an area that is going to be uh, pressed into. Now, we've got the whole problem with privacy laws and, and everything else, but I actually think we're going to be able to have accountability, not software, but technology that is going to, you know, remind us as you, you know, as you go to make that purchase uh, that doesn't allow you to be generous, you know, I'm going to spend that. That's my third holiday to Bali this year, and I'm not going to be able to go on that third holiday. Yeah. We're going to get a you know wearable that you know uh, uh, reminds us that hey, you're not being generous, you're not being a good steward. <laughs> <laughs> this the trackability thing is an interesting one with you because uh, do you, I don't know if you remember a couple of years ago we were we were at somewhere. And uh, I had to pop off and do something, and you said, "We'll just share." Oh, with, look, just, we don't have to talk about. You this. remember this? I do. You do. I still don't have a problem with it. Yeah, but, and you know, he said to me, he "We'll said, share it with everybody." <laughs> it's fine. No one really wants to be interested in Derek and Scott when they're on holidays. This is great. Scott said to me, "Okay, look, just share. Find my phone, so I can track. So I know your album, so we can meet in the future." And I said, "Yeah, that's fine." And he said, "Just make it permanent." I said, no, not going to happen. Will not happen. Think so. You, you, this is a big thing for you. You do like to know where people are, <laughs> don't you? Well, I think it's about friendship, isn't it? <laughs> Come on, is it? And you never know when you're going to get caught in a duck corner. <laughs> and 
Jackie's going to call me and she's going to say, Scott, do you know where Derek is? I'm like, As a matter of fact, I do. I do. I do. He's just a couple of minutes. He's at the Gabba. He's at the Gabba, at the cricket, and he's enjoying himself. Yes, yes. <laughs> anyway, so that may be the, where the future is. Able going. to see the side screen, though, really well because it's on his wearables. That's right, on my print. contact lens. Wouldn't that be great just to be able to click my contact lens, watch a replay of the cricket? So, so it's going to be something about technology in the future. So. Just look out, and uh, mm. oh, there's a number of ideas there. Oh yes, ideas factory. Yep. So, uh, what a what a what challenges, I guess, does does the future present for the church now? Um, well, what does it present for the church now? Uh, I think one of the one of the ways in which we need to work out how to balance this is not being a luddite like me, um, but it is balancing. What are the opportunities that progression in a whole number of areas provides for the church without actually compromising on the things that uh, make us who we are, our humanity. Um, And so part of it is defining, well, what is it that in terms of Christians and church, what does it look like to be a genuine community gathered around God's word, people of faith who are looking to push each other, Ephesians 4 like to Christ likeness. But also being shrewd with the way in which we engage with the things that are out there in order to connect with people, to present them with that word. I think, like, already we're struggling with this. We're grappling with this. Um, but I just think I think the challenge is going to increase. Now, one of the challenges we've really put out there is we, we just need more harvest workers. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think in that as well, there is a... Um, it used to be maybe 30 years ago when I was about 80. Um, it used to be that it was it was more palatable to go into Christian ministry in Australia. It's not like that anymore. We do need more workers. We need more people who are, are willing to be courageous in their decisions to give up their what they have now in order to push forward, to be uh, at some point reviled by society in order to lead people towards the gospel. And we need to be are willing to um, become as churches as incubators to push people towards a future which is uncertain. That's hard because who wants to like I, for my kids? I don't want them to be pushed into a future where they might be persecuted or despised by people or be uncertain whether they can provide for their kids. But actually, I need to keep thinking into eternity. So no matter the hostility, you need to keep looking at people, not as uh, people who think I'm stupid because I believe in a crucified Messiah, but people who are desperately lost and who have a thin veneer of confidence. And you crack that a little bit, no matter what the technology, no matter what their arguments, you crack that a little bit inside, you find exactly the same thing, people who need the gospel. So I'm hearing that's a no on AI, technology, ministry, gospel workers. Tell me how I reckon. I reckon we could program... A chatbot on a website to answer a lot of the common questions and challenges, and and I reckon you know you get the best minds together, you could get a really good chatbot. Well, let's, let's talk about that one. Mm-hmm. How would how would how would it go? What would be the next step from there? I'm not necessarily opposed to that idea. I just want to. I want you to think it through. Well, I'm not the futurist. I'm just <laughs> I'm just asking the questions. <laughs> well, this but this what would be your problem with that? Oh, it's all to it. It's all to a certain extent, isn't it? At what point do I think it's yeah? So at what point does that person who's asking those questions or does the church take responsibility for actually connecting with people like that? Um, so what do we need to be doing now to prepare? Obviously, you need to get your prostate checked. <laughs> we want you around in 25 years. Well, we are talking about dates today, aren't we? Uh, 2043. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> What should we do to prepare? Uh, listen, I, I think we need to think very, very carefully 
about how we engage and clearly as a as Christian communities how we engage with uh, the world and technology not to revile it but to make very clear for ourselves what is it that as part of creation makes us who we are under God um, I think the point at which we start pulling away from people um, because we're just embracing what the world puts forward is the point at which we start to lose a gospel. We need resilient leaders as well, and we and and so in our kid, you know, kids and youth ministries, we need to be creating this resilience you talk about. It is going to be potent, you know, tougher, harder. You know, the church has always faced persecutions, but we need resilient. How do we build that? Do you think? I think we need to be honest about. I mean, the Christian life has always been about suffering and uh, and persecution, so we need to be always you know open and honest about that reality, and so. Um, I think that ought to be part of, you know, the language of how we're talking to our kids about what it looks, what the Christian life looks like. Mm. Yep, absolutely. Resilience is huge. Um, agree. Well, uh, Derek's available. You can't obviously catch him on Facebook, but you can email him. Um, and I won't give you his mobile number because that'd be a bit weird and awkward. PO uh, box. PO box. That's yep. it. You can send him a letter. He loves mm. that. I do like that. Um, or you could just leave a question on the uh, on the show notes uh, and. Again, we've had another year. We've had a great, fantastic year. Really enjoyed um, making this all happen. We just want to give a shout-out to a couple of people who have been uh, helping us over, over the course of the year. Our executive producer, Mark Hadley. Uh, our marketing guy, uh, Gus McCowart. Uh, and Isaac, our assistant executive producer. Assistant to the executive, executive producer. Executive to the... They've all been uh, helping us. And also to our guests. Uh, this show is, is only really uh, possible because of the guests who give up their time. Uh, so thank you for listening, uh, and we, we're looking forward to be back again in 2020. I'm Scott Sanders. I'm Derek Hanna. Chat soon. And Happy New Year.